listener production. So I think that they are actually worth the investment, but nothing is worth the investment in the gadget world unless you use it. And that's the thing. Microcurrents are fantastic if you use them every day. We often hear the advice to love the skin you're in, but for some of us, we don't always feel fantastic when we look in the mirror. So my big question this week is around our skin, and I'm joined by journalist and magazine editor Paula Joy, who began her fashion and beauty career at Vogue magazine, and she's worked with all of the biggest names in fashion and beauty, including the original supermodels. Now, Paula has tried and tested every product you can imagine with a skincare obsession that started at an early age. Plus, she has a fabulous new book out. It's called The Glow Up. And I tell you what, it is my new skincare Bible. So Paula is the perfect person to be answering a big question. Is there a secret to ageing beautifully? Paula Joy, you are Joy. It is so fabulous to have you in the studio. I'm so excited to be here. It's so bougie and so you, Jess. Oh, well, I had to bring the sparkle for you. I love it. It's fabulous. And of course, you are in the chic black. It's elegant. It's classic. It's Audrey Hepburn. Oh, thank you. You know what it is? It's armour. <laughs> it's armour. <laughs> Whenever I have to do something, you know, public or that I'm a little bit nervous about, I always lean into clothes to make me feel strong and anchored. And for me, that's black. And we all do that, I think. When we get to a certain age, we lean into, well, what am I comfortable in or what is it that I want to project? And that's why very much I wanted a big question with you to be, is there a secret to ageing beautifully? Ultimately, ageing beautifully comes with acceptance. And I think acceptance is like balance. It's tough, tough, tough to find. But what I try and say to women and to myself and to my daughters, confidence is actually your very best accessory, whether it's in style, whether it's in, you know, makeup, your hair, whatever. If you can find a way to really work on your confidence, then acceptance sort of is a byproduct of that. And so for me, learning about your body shape, being realistic about what suits you, what doesn't, learning not to follow trends, looking to people off the red carpet for inspiration, finding ways to develop a confidence, which is, it's, I almost look at confidence like style, like signature confidence. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect does sense. Does that kind of make sense? It does. I think about myself, I'm 53. I feel far more confident now than I was in my 20s or 30s. And if I'm, though, to look back at images of myself during that time, I look and I think, what on earth were you tying yourself up in knots about? I know, it's so true. People get so scared about numbers and decades and ageing. But biology is actually very kind because your 50s, and I'm 52, is fantastic because you lose your ego. And that's a really freeing, wonderful thing. So I'm not going down without a fight, right? I want to stay looking as good as I can for as long as I can. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I think it's finding a balance between that, the quest of wanting to sort of look like the person you always were in the mirror, 
and be excited about the person that you're becoming in the mirror. There'd be people listening who perhaps have lost their way because it's easy as well, I think, as women, I'll generalise, but we spend so much of our lives caring for everyone around us and we can lose our sense of self and often that can be our style and confidence. How can you reclaim that or find who you are again? I think that that happens to every woman and again and again, I think in different stages in your life, you know, young children, losing your job. I mean, there's just countless ways that you can lose your groove. I mean, I recently lost my mother and boy, had I never seen really what something like grief can do. I I felt like I aged overnight. It was just a whole new kind of woe. So I had even struggled to get back up on my feet. So I think things that ground you, movement is really important. I've never met a walk or a run or a workout that I regret. And I, for me, exercise and just moving is the first place that I start. Um, And then if you are wanting to actually redefine your style, practically, I suggest that you choose a couple of muses. I like two current muses, two retro muses. So it might be Grace Kelly and Audrey Hepburn and Gwyneth Paltrow and Helen Mirren. And then Google them off duty, not on the red carpet, at the gas station, in the supermarket, and start looking at what you like about their outfits. I make a Pinterest board. And then you can say, oh, that's a trench coat that they wear all the time. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a trench coat. Or, oh, she always wears a ponytail and it's got a ribbon in it. And you start piecing together little bits and pieces that you're not doing currently, that you like in other women, and you just start finding your way back. You're a fashion editor. And you edited magazines for such a long time. And so you're drawing that incredible expertise and eye that you have. But what I love is that you're sharing that with all of us. You know, we don't have to be the editor of a fashion magazine to do that, do we? Absolutely not. And to me, true style is high-low. It's very, very easy to walk into a designer store and just go head-to-toe Designer. That's actually really easy. True style is mixing a Bonds t-shirt with a designer piece. And I always say one woman's handbag is another woman's shoes. So for me, it's less about this is the exact look and more who is the woman, what makes them tick, and how can you put it together cleverly in their budget. Exactly. And as you say, budget, because it doesn't have to be expensive. Goodness, no, absolutely not. No way. I mean, I'm thrifting again. I'm really getting back into thrifting and vintage, which used to be so, so my thing in the 90s. But I'm loving going back in and recycling fashion. I mean, it's very good for the planet and it's fun and it's inexpensive and it's a good way of bringing in sort of kooky, cute things. I think that idea too of aging beautifully doesn't have to be expensive. And it's not just about the clothes that we wear. It's how we look, how we see ourselves in the mirror. And our skin is such a big part of that. What can we do to make our skin look its best? There's lots of things that you can do to make your skin look better. But the good news is, is that you don't have to do too much to make a real improvement. The biggest thing with skin really is consistency 
and protection. So if you are consistent in what you put on your face and you religiously protect it from the sun, you will see an improvement. Now, I think there are six steps to a good daily routine, but you can just do three. So for me, it's really about cleansing your face, washing your face, because people think about, oh, I'll just wash my face. But really, you're not just washing your face because it feels good. You're removing the makeup. People don't realize that we're walking around in a soup of pollution, free radicals, aggressors that are coming at the skin every single day. So you want to cleanse your face. Then you want to treat it with an active ingredient, and then you want to moisturize it. And if you do that every single day, morning and night, your skin will change for the better. So it's as simple as that. Cleansing your face. I know you're a big believer in the double cleanse. Oh, you have to double cleanse, but only in the PM. But what does that mean, though? Do you use the same product? You absolutely can use the same product. But when I look at somebody's skincare routine and their budget, I would say where you can spend your money, if you have the money to buy a really nice cleanser, then have an inexpensive first cleanse and a more luxurious second cleanse. But you can use the same one. You just can. But use a muslin or a flannel when you do it, and that will give you a bit of manual exfoliation. So the reason you have to double cleanse at nighttime only is to take the day off. Basically, you've just got to take the day off. Sweat, dog hair, food, pollution, grime, makeup, all of that off, and then cleanse your skin again to get it ready for the second step, which is an active ingredient. And that's a serum. Does that mean serum? Yeah, it's a serum. It can, you can also have actives in moisturizers. You can have actives in oils, but really, let's just say a serum. But for me, the big thing about active ingredients is, and this is my analogy, when we go to the supermarket, we can pick up a packet, turn it over and look at the nutritional information and say, oh yeah, okay, yep, I know what that is, I know what that is, and make an educated choice. You should be able to do the same with skincare products. This is your face that we are talking about. It doesn't take a lot to work out what a vitamin A is, what a niacinamide is, what a vitamin B is, what they do for you, are they right for your skin? And once you know that, it means just like in the supermarket when you're standing in front of a wall of biscuits, instead of going for what it says on the front of the packet or the brand, you can actually look at the back and go, oh yeah, I actually need Jehovah. That's good because I've got sensitive skin and that's got vitamin B in it. That's my price point. I'm going to try this one. And that's what I really, really encourage women to do is to educate themselves about their skin type and what ingredients treat it best. And then a moisturizer at the end of all of that. And then a moisturizer at the end of all of that. And during the day, sunscreen. Like there's no point in doing any of it. You can actually do none of those other things and just wear sunscreen (laughs) if necessary. I cannot overemphasize how important that is. So really, for everyone that is listening, that secret to aging beautifully, number one is put your sunscreen on every morning. In the rain. In the rain? In the rain. And also your face finishes at your boobs. So you put the sunscreen down to your boobs? Yes. Really? (laughs) Yes, unless you're doing what we're doing, which is a high neck top. So I really encourage women to, particularly if they're outside exercising, drop your V-necks, drop your scoop necks and wear a high neck because your decolletage, actually, remember the granny in Something About Mary, the movie Something About Mary that used to tan with the thing? Yes. That's what your chest does to your neck. 
it actually works as a bouncer for the UV rays and actually goes onto your neck and ages your neck. So you really like just little things like that will make a big difference. It sounds crazy, but um, once you think about it, it's actually logically correct. So I want all of your skincare to start at your hairline and finish at your boobs. On TikTok, they call it take it to the tits. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be doing that, okay, tonight. And another thing too that I've started doing since reading your fabulous book, The Glow Up, is sunnies, making sure I've got my sunglasses on in the day. Yes, absolutely. Because that protects you from sort of wrinkles and premature ageing, doesn't it? Well, you squint in the sun. So dynamic lines for sure, premature ageing for sure. And also you've got... pale eyes. You know, Australians are really susceptible to things like pterygium. You really should be wearing sunglasses all the time. As you've said, it can be confusing and overwhelming when you go into a pharmacy or a department store or wherever and you're confronted by all of these brands and there's all of these claims about what they can do. What should we be spending our money on and what can we go, you know what, I don't need to spend a fortune on this? Definitely the serum part, the active, the treatment part of your skincare routine is where I would say spend your money. And then the next one would be your moisturizer, but within your budget. So the serum, the active, what it will do is give you a stronger concentration and it will work faster the more money you spend on it. However, If your budget doesn't extend to the upper end of uh, the market, look for the ingredient. Let's just call it vitamin A. So a mass brand has a vitamin A product and a luxe brand has a vitamin A product. You just might need to use more of the mass brand to achieve the same result and for a little bit longer. So really, it's about ingredient. And then once you know the ingredient you want, so vitamin A is the ultimate gold standard in skincare. It's the one that's most tested. Dermatologists will, it is absolutely the one that they will say is going to make the most improvement to your skin, reduces fine lines, improves texture, improves tone. It's in thousands and thousands and thousands of products. Work out that that's what you need, work out the strength that you need, and then choose a product within your budget. Just know that if it's a little bit less expensive, the strength is going to be weaker and it might take a bit longer, but it'll do the same thing. With all of your years of experience with skincare, with beauty, I mean, you began at Vogue, didn't you? Mm -hmm. I did. What, were you 19? I was, yeah. Oh, goodness. So you've seen a lot. You've seen not only fashion trends, but you've seen skin trends come and go. What can you pretty much say that is crap. Do not even venture down that path. Are there some things that you can rule out for people? I guess you don't need a 17-step skincare routine. That is just marketing baloney. You don't need a skincare product necessarily from a celebrity either. Um, I would rather take, uh, I don't know, an Estee Lauder or a Revlon's, Revlon's R&D over, say, Travis Barker's you know, or Chris Jenner telling yes. me to, to, you know. I, I do, though, I've got to say, I do love Chris Jenner because I, I actually, fancy myself as a bit of a mum and jo- actually, of my daughter. I actually <laughs> would buy anything Chris told me to buy. I completely take that back. Be aware of, some, of celebrity skincare, but... Uh, 
What else is a real folly? Well, Look. eye cream. You're not a fan, or you say it's a bit of a waste. You don't think eye creams are necessarily yeah, worth the investment? No, they're not for me. I mean, again, the ingredient is often just the same as your moisturiser. So you can just use a little... The difference between eye cream and a moisturiser is the consistency. Eye cream's usually a little bit thinner. So just use a bit more of the same up near your eyes. I find it really hard to put anything near my eyes because they're sensitive. So, you know, I go to bed with it on, I wake up and they're irritated. So I don't know. I think that they're just a bit of a... um, Some people love them, me not so much. Another secret to ageing beautifully, and you write about this in your book, is sleep, isn't it? Getting a good night's sleep. It really is. I mean, they don't call it beauty sleep for nothing. It's the facts. It's restorative. Sleep is restorative to every organ in the body. The skin is the largest organ in the body. So learning how to sleep is, and God, that's hard. Oh, isn't it? I'm going through menopause and I'm loving my menopause gel and my hormone tablet that I take, my HRT, and I found my sleep is better since doing that. With the progesterone. Yes. Yes. It uh, it definitely does help. Progesterone just, I mean, everything starts going during menopause. Elastin and collagen from your skin. Estrogen plays havoc with your skin as well. So definitely if you are over 50 and you're getting adult acne and stuff like that, it could most definitely be an estrogen like depletion. But learning how to sleep is hard. So I would say take naps, you know, if you're in if you're a in nana a situ- nap. Yeah, I'm doing that. Another I, secret to aging beautifully, yeah, the nana nap. Go for the 20 minute dribble. And so okay, we need to get a good night's sleep if we can. That makes an enormous difference. Not to waste money on the 17 steps of skincare. What else do you think is something that people should take away with them? Don't vape. Don't smoke. Don't stand near a campfire. I mean, if you are still smoking or vaping, a celebrity facialist once said to me, you can actually see the tar sort of sitting in the pores when on the skin. And if that is a visual that, you know, doesn't make you want to quit, just think about your lungs and the fact that it kills you. So definitely that. Smoke's terrible for you. What you put into your body, I mean, we are what we eat. So I do love sugar though, Paula. Yeah, and I'm not going to tell you not to. To me, moderation is the very best way to eat and live if possible. But if you have a weekend of pizza and tequila, your skin is probably going to look something like pizza and tequila, you know. So it's just common sense. Sleep definitely, exercise. Circulation is one of the very best one of the very best skincare secrets that I have. If you can get blood to the surface of the skin and give your skin that flush, so massage, saunas, exercise. Sometimes I'll just tip my head back over the side of the bed, lie on the bed and let like a rush of blood to the head. Ice baths, anything that sort of shocks your skin and brings blood to the surface will make your skin look better because healthy skin is skin with good circulation and suppleness, right? Anything that protects your skin barrier as you get older, so we talked about sun protection, definitely moisturizer, and just choosing ingredients that protect it. A hat all the time, sunglasses all the time. 
What have I left out? I think you've covered it beautifully. But Fingers what, crossed. <laughs> <laughs> what about the devices, those devices to use? My wonderful producer, Nick McClure, swears by her LED light mm-hmm. sort of mask. Are there ones that are worth it, others that are not worth it? Yeah, I mean, I love red LED. That technology comes out of medicine and in particular treating people with third degree burns. So the science behind them is um, is actually incredible. You have to spend $700, really. You get anything below that and it's not going to work. So I think that they are actually worth the investment, but nothing is worth the investment in the gadget world unless you use it. And that's the thing. Microcurrents are fantastic if you use them every day. Guasha stones, there's real benefit in using a gua sha and massaging and your face. And they're those funny, my daughters have them. And I mean, they're teenagers. I look and I say, you don't need, why do they need to be using those yes. on their line-free, beautiful faces? Because they do, because it's lymphatic drainage ah. and it's actually creating suppleness and muscle memory. So gua sha is Ayurvedic, it's ancient. It's been around for, you know, as long as the world's been around practically. Um, the dinosaurs so were gua sha <laughs> <laughs> the brontosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> so that's worth a whirl. I mean, as as I talk to you, I'm doing that thing under the eyes because I find under my eyes, I have like these bags that just don't go away, these like pools. That's of- genetic and that's very much like you and I are, you know, cut from similar ABBA cloths. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Oh, I love that image. And we are, but that is one of the things. And if you have fluid in your face, you get these little pouches. like little pouches that. And there's that, nothing to get rid of. The no, pouch. you can. You want a lymphatic drain, and that's what gua sha stones are fantastic for. So, I mean, there's a hundred online tutorials you can watch, and there's actually you start with tapping on your chest, and then you work it down and you work it up. And I believe in dry body brushing for the same reason. Anything that activates your lymph, the lymph is a real thing. The lymph is responsible for picking up toxins and chucking them out via your wee or sweat. So gua sha works in the same way. The skin is an incredible, incredible, hard-working organ. Unbelievable. It's working all the time. It's phenomenal, isn't it? To keep things out and to move everything. It really is phenomenal. And the other thing is, is don't forget the skin on your body. Like people just forget about their body. But really, if you moisturize, you put five more minutes into your day. It's not even that. It could be, you could get it down to two minutes, I reckon. Just a little bit of moisture or a little bit of oil from your toes to your fingertips every day to keep your skin supple. Because let me tell you, when you hit 50 and you look down at your thighs in the sunlight and you see the elastin going and the sag happening, you'll be like, why didn't I moisturize when I was 20 and my thighs were heavenly? <laughs> How true is that? And that is such another good way to think about aging beautifully, moisturising that simple. You mentioned there are thighs and cellulite. I've got cellulite. All women do. We all do. And so those sort of cellulite creams that supposedly get rid of it, they're all crap, aren't they? They are all crap. Yep. Otherwise, there'd be no cellulite. No, they're not real. You can do things to improve the appearance of cellulite temporarily. Right? You can by bringing, as I said, circulation to the top of the skin. That will improve the appearance of cellulite. You can massage it. You can, you know, put creams on it and it will look better. It will. Every bit of skin on your body will look better with moisture on it or oil on it or care or massage, but it's not going to get rid of it. They're laid down pretty early on, the fat cells with cellulite, like even as a baby. 
and then they're not going to disappear. It's just part of who and we who are. Cares? It's just part of who we are. I do, though, love, though, to wear, I wear the big granny pant cozies. I like to, like, that gives me good bum coverage. <laughs> you don't have a bum. <laughs> well, no, but just in terms of sort of cellulite and stretch marks, I like a big full-bottomed brief. You're not doing the Brazilian No, <laughs> I'll leave that to... Can you believe the younger people you these days? I, I can't. But now we are going to sound like old grannies. If yes. We, in my day, <laughs> but mind you, in my day, and I have to remind myself of this, I went topless as a teenager and all of my girlfriends did and it wasn't, it wasn't a sexual thing at all. We just didn't want to get tan lines. No, that's true. Yeah. And so I just think, you know what, it's just sort of reversed a bit. Younger people these days like to sort of have their bottoms out. So Yes. And I actually do think, love your body when you are that age and your skin looks like that and you just look like that. I look back at the crap I put on myself when my body was so unreal. And if I can just say anything to young women, it's just like, look how glorious you are because it changes. But also, too, saying to older women, women like us, you are even more beautiful. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, you know, this whole thing of like 50 is the new 60 and 70, there is some truth in that. Women are really looking, you know, fantastic and fitter and stronger and more beautiful for longer. And they should be congratulated for that. And, you know, when you said moisturize your body, yes, nurture yourself. Actually, when you're moisturising yourself, say, aren't you awesome? Like, if you've done a workout and if you can feel a bicep, just give yourself a little golf clap for that. Just lift the curtain up for us a little bit on the fashion world because you've worked with the supermodels. that You have. Are they as beautiful and flawless as they come across? Yes, they definitely are. I worked with Linda Christie... Cindy, Helena, Kate Moss, Claudia Schiffer, all of them. I think the only one I didn't shoot was Tatiana. um, And they were of a different breed. Just, you know, retouching didn't exist then. And it didn't need to because they were truly freakishly of another world and another time. Now the supermodels, it's based on your followers on Instagram, your followers on TikTok. Yes, they're pretty girls, but it's just not the same. So I felt incredibly lucky to have worked in that time. It was just a different level with a different caliber of of model. And they were great models. They actually just could really model. And it is very difficult to, modeling's not easy. You could see the passion within them for what they were doing. They weren't just going through the motions, were they? No, no, no. They were skilled mannequins. Like they really were. And also these are the days of when you'd take Christy Turlington to Africa and she'd be on top of an elephant and it'd be 30 pages of editorial and beautiful clothes. And, you know, it was that magical escapist thing. Like for me, what magazines always did that other mediums didn't was just give you those pictures and the amount of money and the amount of time and the amount of excellence that went into producing those photo essays has disappeared, sadly. But it was a very, I mean, it was was not easy, but it was magical. So magical. And you've been such an enormous part of creating that magic, Paula. I think of all the beautiful magazines that you've been editor of, and I would devour them. With that idea of aging beautifully, those supermodels, they have, because I saw that recent Apple series that they did. But listening to their stories, I find them even more beautiful now that they're older. 
Yes, I think too that we grew, I mean, I think they're so intrinsic to our generation as well. We just, I mean, I just worship them and it's sort of, they're just, they're almost like looking at, I don't know, like a, a teddy bear that you had or something. You loved them so much. But Christy Turlington, I mean, that face, Cindy Crawford, that face, I mean, you can see that Cindy puts in a lot of work to stay being Cindy. I mean, it would be very difficult to be Cindy C, I think. And and I think about how it must feel for them to age and how that must feel for them. But I'm so grateful that they're doing it the way they are because wasn't it refreshing to look at all of them and see that there were lines and see that there wasn't like facelifts and just to see that they were you know, within reason, ageing as we all should. And also at the same time, having, I think, Linda Evangelist to be open in the sense of, you know, she went down the plastic surgery path but was open about, like, that bungled, that extraordinary face of hers. I know. And it, it just, I think that the pain that she feels about that, about that vanity just actually... They say it's it's one of the sins, right, for a reason because that's where it can actually lead you. And it made me so sad seeing how she really beat herself up about crossing that line, you know. But she's back out there now. And that's what I, I love seeing, that power of that, that yeah. she again, she's found that confidence that we spoke about at the beginning. That's I think is what is so important as we get older, to find that confidence within yourself. And to me, that's really where that, true beauty lies. And she found it in people. She felt the love. She felt the nostalgia for her. She felt the power from her fans and she'd been so reclusive. And it's funny, that's one of the things I like to do in life. And people maybe think I'm a little crazy. I like to compliment people. If someone's got good skin, I'll tell them. I'll stop them and I'll tell them. If someone's got a beautiful dress, I'll stop them and I'll tell them. And I think that that is where humans derive a lot of power and connection from and therefore confidence is just that human connection. Walking down the street with the dog, say hello. I might always, you can learn from young people so much, surround yourself with them and never, ever, ever walk past a conversation with somebody of age because that wisdom is on the way out. And if some of us don't grab that wisdom, then it's going to be gone from the planet. So for me, a lot of connection, uh, confidence comes from connection, little connections. And I think that that's what happened with Linda. She came out, she put her head up and she saw all this wonderful love and connection for her and it brought her back into the world. And I think that is such a beautiful way to end our conversation, that sense of, I think, ageing beautifully is about connection, about being kind to ourselves, being kind to people around us and actually reaching out because it does make an enormous difference when someone does say to you, you look beautiful or your hair or whatever, your smile, whatever it is, you just walk that little bit taller. I think so. It makes you feel good too. Makes you feel good too. Well, Paula, thank you for making us feel better about who we are. You're the ants pants. I think you're wonderful. Oh, I had the best time, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I loved having Paula in the studio with me. There was so much that we covered and the fashion tips, the beauty tips. But you know what I loved most of all? Her really foolproof advice about the simple things we can do to make a difference to our skin. It doesn't have to cost you a fortune. Just keep it simple. The sunscreen and washing our face. 
And now for more of Paula's skincare secrets, you must get a copy of her fantastic new book. It's called The Glow Up, and it is all about empowering you to glow at any age and stage of life. And there are some really good practical tips in there. Now, for more big conversations like this, follow the Jessro Big Talk Show podcast. It means you'll never, ever miss an episode. And if you think there's someone in your life who you think might enjoy this conversation about skin and ageing beautifully, share it with them. <laughs>